Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. It doesn't matter who you are, just welcome. And today I'm excited to discuss about email marketing, how you can get results with email marketing. And I'm excited to discuss it with Alif Hook. How are you? What's going on? I love the energy you have on your podcast. This is awesome. Uh, what's going on? Uh, excited to be here. Excited to talk about email marketing, if anything. And uh, let's have a killer podcast episode. Cool, cool. Uh, you know, uh, I will not confess. I don't use any drugs to get this energy. I just love to, <laughs> to learn oh. more about topics. And yeah, when, when I know that I can learn something new, why not? Yeah, I get this energy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before... Right <laughs> yeah, before we start, uh, just tell about your background, your experience, and why you decided to take email marketing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in terms of my professional background, I've worked in various marketing capacities. It's funny, I actually started my career in human resources, and in university, I studied psychology. And then when I got into finally my human resources job, I realized I didn't know I didn't like it. It's not what I want to do with my life. Uh, but I, it's funny, during my job, I would always study uh study marketing during my job and at some point i realized like if i'm working in human resource job and i'm taking all this time to study marketing blogs like literally reading and taking notes during my job i realized i gotta make a pivot into marketing so i, I made the decision i quit my job forgot into my first digital marketing agency from there another agency and i've worked in various uh in-house marketing capacity roles and lately my focus has been a lot on the digital marketing automation side of digital marketing essentially and what i love most about digital marketing automation is is the the creativity you can have when it comes to nurturing a lead from an mql to an sql how to set up nurture tracks and then write the messaging in a way that makes someone want to click and want to go on that landing page and then you know subscribe to it or buy a buy a product whatever it is there's a lot of psychology involved in that and i actually love dissecting that entire process so that's me professionally. On the side, I also do some freelance content marketing for solopreneurs and coaches and maybe some startups here and there. Uh, that's more on the content marketing side. Again, overall, I love marketing. It's like my life and what runs through my veins. And I'm really excited to speak with you about it. Yeah, great. Yeah, love your experience. You know, I, I have some similar, similar stuff because uh, mm -hmm. uh, I remember when uh, my first education was about finance and uh, I built... Uh, uh, a financial company, uh, but uh, in 2008, the world crisis destroyed Ooh. my company. <laughs> and yeah, I was bankrupt with that. Um, and uh, my second business was uh, an online shop. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, the Ukrainian revolution destroyed <laughs> this, oh <my> <laughs> the second business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, in 2013, when the Ukrainian revolution happened, uh, by the way, we, we have a war today, you know, in the east part of Ukraine. Uh, that's terrible, but um, yeah, um, um, it's life. And uh, what we, yeah, just uh, going ahead with that. Uh, but, you know, um, I decided to... Um, uh, to learn something new. Uh, I decided to take away uh, my financial education because I was not passionate about that. Uh, and uh, my second business, um, yeah, 
I'm lucky guy because uh, uh, I didn't love this business. Uh, I lost uh, something that uh, uh, provided the feeling when I hated Friday, uh, Monday, any other days. I, I just felt that uh, no way I, I don't want to chase this money. And uh, marketing, yeah, marketing uh, was a good choice. Today I can wake up in the morning, you know, to start working hard, uh, keep when I am going to bed, I can finish my work because it's, it's like hobby, you know. And yeah, uh, so you like I, it? Yeah, yeah, I I I like it, and uh, I think yeah, it's a good choice when you enjoy your time, when you enjoy the process. Of course. Uh, of course. Okay, let's talk about email marketing. Sure. Um, for example, uh, if I have no uh, email uh, data, if I have, uh, if I start from scratch, what I need to do first? Uh, I do I need to get this list of, of emails uh, or uh, I can buy it or anything else how I can jump with email marketing if I uh, uh, only start uh, a new project yeah for sure that's a great question I'm, I'm glad, glad you you asking this uh, first never buy an email list that's really bad you can get like like spam triggered all this stuff right so I uh, never buy an email list so I'm glad you brought that up uh, first I want, I want to share a stat actually um, I forget the specific numbers but when it comes to conversions if you want to convert like an audience into paying customers email is the number one way to convert people even though a lot of people tell me Email is dead and everything, but if you think about it, you make a post on Instagram telling everyone, hey, I have this sale, and you kind of hope the algorithm takes it and hopefully someone buys it, right? It's kind of like hope marketing. But with email, you can send personalized email towards that specific person, and you can send multiple emails, so the odds of you converting someone is going to be much, much more higher. Uh, I, I hear this a lot. I feel like um, when it comes to social media versus email, with social media, it's more top of funnel awareness type of stuff. But if you want to double down on the conversions, more on the bottom end of the funnel, you want to focus on email. And email is where the conversions happen. I almost see it as like a, like a drug dealer. You know, at the top, you have the store. It's like, oh, my gosh, we have this. And at the bottom, you have the deal being made over the counter. And that's, for me, email marketing. Um, to answer your question, where do you start with email marketing? I would recommend you start off with simple software. If you're a solopreneur, um, maybe, you know, get on ConvertKit. They have a free plan, MailChimp, a free plan, and maybe create a simple lead magnet or a newsletter so you can capture emails through that. From my experience, lead magnets tend to convert better than newsletters. For example, uh, I have a newsletter right now on my LinkedIn profile, and it doesn't really convert much, right? But... Uh, Way back when I used to do career coaching, I created a free course, like a free series of three videos I created for free in exchange for the email. And I would literally wake up and have 10 new subscribers. Wake up next day, 10 new, 10, 10, 10. Like it just kept coming and coming, coming. And uh, from that experience, it taught me a lot about like, you know, if you are starting to with email marketing, create a set up set yourself up with the right software and then create an irresistible lead magnet and if you, we can probably go into more detail about what makes a really good lead magnet but um yeah i would say that's where you should definitely start yeah yeah love it uh, okay um uh... You know, uh, I remember when I, I read about uh, email marketing, uh, uh, I got one point. If you uh, ask uh, subscribers, uh, please subscribe to my email list uh, uh, and you can get this ebook uh, or anything else, uh, free course. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, you, you can change. Uh, 
uh, your uh, ebook for uh, this email. But you know, people might not interested with your products or services. Uh, when you send them emails, uh, they're not interested with that. They are irrelevant with that. For example, um, uh, I, ca I can share from my experience. Yeah. Uh, we uh, got um, a pop-up window on my blog uh, and we asked uh, people subscribe uh, uh, to our blog and when we send them uh, our SEO services <laughs> nobody replied to that but when we send them our new blog posts yeah we got results with that can you tell more uh, do we need to exchange for the sake of uh, growing our email list or uh, uh, how we can understand that uh, this email list will work for us will sell our products or uh, it will help to promote uh, new ebooks that you can submit yeah yeah exactly i guess your question is like how will i know if an email list will yeah. actually make me money right right you know, convert and everything right um, yeah but because uh, you want to sell something but you ask uh, to change email with uh, ebook or courses or, or anything else or uh, just case study yeah but uh, uh, i'm not sure that these people will buy after this yeah exactly well first um it all comes down to like how you position your uh lead magnet or the ebook that you're mentioning you know if you're trying to sell cooking utensils and you have a lead magnet on how to uh paint you know that the people coming in and grabbing that ebook are not going to be interested in your cooking services or cooking tips or anything of that nature right so you ideally want to make sure your lead magnet positions you uh attracts your ideal target customer by solving mm -hmm. the problem that they're going. I'm pretty sure you already know this, right? Now, the key is like, how do I know an email list will actually convert? Well, like a lot of other uh, marketing channels, it's, it's important you take the time to nurture them first. And then based on the nurture, um, how warm like your list is and everything, then you would want to go for the ask. The warmer the list, the more likely it's going to convert. So hypothetically, let's say you set an onboarding sequence where you give a give out an ebook in exchange for an email, and right away your next three emails is just like sell, 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 sell. It's gonna get a little annoying for the subscriber when they're constantly getting bombarded mm -hmm. with all these sales emails, right? So ideally, instead of doing sell, 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 make sure you might want to do like a ebook. Uh, maybe intro a story about yourself value 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 and then um ask for a sale it's almost like the recipro recipro reciprocity principle mm -hmm, in your yeah. you know people are more likely to buy from you if you give them something almost like an exchange and that's essentially how you want to go about thinking about when it comes to okay how will this email marketing channel actually convert What's awesome about email marketing is you can set up like onboarding sequences that'll automatically do a lot of the nurturing and selling for you. So it's almost like having a 24-7 salesperson on your team without actually having to pay for a salesperson. And that's what I love about email marketing. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same with social media. Uh, I often see when uh, accounts uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, they oversell. They don't care about customers, don't care to share value, to help them. And yeah, they want to sell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, even uh, if you open some influencers, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, you can find that uh, he can uh, uh, market Nike uh, one time from uh, 20 posts uh, when he plays football or something like yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's the same with female marketing. Okay, uh, let's talk about um, uh, setting headlines. According to a few studies, that it's low. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, for example, Brian Dean uh, shares the study that only 
8% of all personalized email are opened. Yeah, it's it's low. It's not the same when Gary V started in the 90s and uh, told that uh, over 90%. I remember open. the video. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, okay, uh, today it's not. Uh, it's hard. And uh, can you tell how to provide the strong reason to open uh, your email? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, if you're open to it, what I can do is maybe screen share and show you some headlines I've used from my email list and the strategy behind it, if you're okay with that. Uh, you know, it's uh, more for audio podcast, but you, you, yeah, you, you can, you can share, uh, with me, you know, uh, your text I'll submit to the description and guys, you can open this podcast and check out this yeah uh, template. Okay. Okay. So I'll send you after, after the, yeah, yeah. Just send me know, after this speaking. and I'll submit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with it verbally. So, uh, what, in my opinion, what I think makes a really good headline is if you go by this rule of thumb, whenever I create headlines for an email at a, whether it's a newsletter or promotional, whatever it is, I always go by the rule that, uh, it has to sound like you're receiving an email from a best friend. And uh, this this rule might be like a little finicky depending on the industry you're in, but I like to make sure my headlines uh, aren't very punctual, not always grammatically correct, and they always have some sort of hook or or something about them that's like, what the heck is going on? I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was actually writing an email to my email list, and it was more of a story. It was a story of how I was feeling kind of crappy in the day, and I felt like I wasn't motivated. Like I, I was essentially in what's called a rut. Right. And I wrote a whole email about how I overcame it and how they, my subscribers can do the same. Now I need to write the headline to get people to actually open the email. So what could I have done? You know, I could have wrote like how to get over feeling bad or five tips to help you get this. Right. But I felt like that's a little too nowadays is wait like everyone's expecting that, like ultimate guide to X, Y, Z, how to X, Y, Z. Right. So I wanted to make it sound like it's almost like an email coming from a best friend. So instead, what I did was for the subject line, I used three letters. R-U-T, rut, because that's what I was experiencing. And everything was lowercase, R-U-T. Like that's literally as plain, as simple as that, right? Mm -hmm. And it's into my list. Now imagine my subscriber, when they're on their email, uh, they're, they're bombarded with a bunch of emails, five tips to do this, Black Friday giveaway, fire emoji, fire emoji, all this, right? And all of a sudden they see R-U-T in their email. Like, whoa, what the hell is this, right? And uh, this gonna wanna make them click them, make it click them, right? Uh, make them want to click it and open it because they're curious, like, rut, rut, what? Okay, open it, let me just skim this real quick, right? And that's essentially how I personally think about headlines when it comes to email marketing. Um, another quick example is I wrote another story email about how I got, uh, how I left my first human resource job. And in mm -hmm. the story, I wrote about how I used to run away from work by hiding in the washroom for like literally 30 minutes because I hated the job. And in the subject line, I instead of writing how I quit my job or my experience with HR or something typical like that, I just wrote everything in lowercase, washrooms dot. Like that's it, it's just washrooms dot. And mm -hmm. now you can imagine like someone opens the email, they see washrooms. What the hell? What the hell is this? Like, this is weird, right? They click, they open it, and what's crazy is that has like about like a thirty to forty percent open rate, and my unsubscribe rate was like one percent. Like it's very, very low. So I was surprised. Like, wow, this is actually solidly working. Um, and yeah, that's essentially the principle I go about when it comes to email marketing headlines. Now, the key here is 
because I'm a personal brand, it's an email list I control and I have a say of the voice and everything, I can be as wild and weird as I want to be. But if I'm working for an in-house as an in-house marketer, or maybe I'm working for a client because I'm in an agency or whatever, obviously we have to be a little more mindful of the brand and tone and voice and everything. But that's generally the rule of thumb I go by when it comes to writing effective email marketing headlines. Yeah, got it. Valuable. You know, I never thought about that. Uh, I know about warming connections before sending when, you know, because in most cases, recipients open emails from colleagues, friends, uh, customers. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, when they check out uh, headlining, can feel that it's the same with their friends. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting strategy. Exactly. I will consider that. Yeah, because... Exactly. Um, um, uh can you share more about uh, segmentation um uh, i remember when in uh, our company when we started a blog uh we got uh, 10,000 subscribers uh for two years something like this and uh, uh, that was interesting uh, we didn't check out a lot uh, our uh, data metrics uh, uh, open rate uh, click through rate we just send them each year uh, each week because we didn't have time with that you know we uh, just had this channel for the sake of having it but when uh, we got uh, 10,000 subscribers we whoa yeah that's good result yeah we can uh, jump with this channel and when we analyzed our uh, open rate that was one two percent we got it no way something is wrong with that and um, we seg- segmented our list because uh, our subscribers um, used uh, blog uh, used uh, uh, social media uh, contact form uh, lead forms and we got it all of them have different mindset different goals and uh, after segmentation we uh, we increased the uh, uh, click-through rate, open rate, uh, plus the 10%, you know, uh, nice. sometimes we get 20, 30%. Yeah. Uh, can you tell more, uh, how to segment, uh, and uh, from your experience? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, exp- I'll tell you about my experience in my last company. So I was essentially the digital marketing automation manager for that company. And specifically, I was using HubSpot CRM to manage our mm-hmm. contacts and all that, right? And, and the key with uh, why segmentation, like you said, is very important is because every subscriber, again, like what you said, is going through their own journey of where they're at. So for example, the company I was with, uh, we had different lead banks that we were running ads to. And it was like a estate settlement. So basically, when someone passes away, they have a will and, uh, you know, they have assets they need to allocate to kids and everything. Um, we were my, we were in that business, but the thing is, our lead magnets attracted different types of personas towards our companies. Some people they're writing their will. Some people had someone pass away, and that now they're managing the whole estate process. So everyone's a little different. So every lead magnet attracted different type of people, and that's why one thing we realized real quick is that we can't just send general emails to like everyone because everyone is very different. And if you wanted to op- uh, increase click rate and open rate and everything, we'll have to send personalized message and all that. And the way we went about it, well, at least when I, how I went about it when it came to HubSpot and everything, you know, we looked at like the sort, like the source of the traffic, where it came from, you know, and based on that, we sent specific blog content and specific CTAs um, based on, again, where they are coming from. Uh, it helped that we were working with a big software called HubSpot to manage all the contact. You can see very detailed analytics of each and every single one person. And I had a lot of control over like, you know, uh, if a sales email came from a salesperson and went to give instruction to a salesperson to call them and everything. So because I segmented everything, 
uh, our open rates increase, you know, like people open their sales call emails much better and everything. So uh, I don't know if I'm adding any value by saying this, but like you said, uh, when you segment your audience and understand where everyone is and give them personalized content and feedback, it increases everything. And they're happier with you too, right? In the end, that's what, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, got that valuable. Uh, you mentioned a few times about HubSpot. Uh, uh, what do you think about this tool? It's expensive, I know. Uh, why do you choose this tool? And uh, what advantages do you have with this tool? Because, yeah, uh, I check out a few times. I don't use HubSpot, but I check out a few times. Uh, yeah, it helps to personalize. It helps to customize uh, a lot of data. Can you tell uh, your advantages, what you get from this tool? 100%. So uh, in previous companies, they had like the enterprise plan with HubSpot. So we had like everything, right? And mm -hmm. and it's, it's funny. Uh, once you understand how to use HubSpot, it feels like you have like a magic book that you can do anything. It's like, it's like, you know how coders, programmers, they have this inner feeling once they understand programming that they can build anything. Like, oh my God, I can build this if I want to because I know how to code. And it's like this weird epiphany moment they have. It's the same thing when it comes to HubSpot. Once I realized, uh, you know, if a subscriber downloads this blog, but then goes to this page, we can track where they go. And based on that, we can tell a salesperson to call them at this specific time. Based on that, it like the level of personalization and customization you can take for each contact is, is wild. I remember um, when I was creating like triggers and workflows and everything, I, I learned about different settings. Like if they are from this country and this city, you can literally see that, right? And I'm like, oh my God, if I can say that they're from this country and this city, I can send them an email being like, happy China day. I don't know, I'm making this up. Happy whatever day, right? And then I can send them a personalized email and it includes a CTA in it, right? And again, it's just like, once you understand how to use it and you become good at it, then you start realizing how much holy crap that you can actually do with each of these emails and the workflows and automations that you create. And that's essentially why I actually love working with HubSpot. At first, it was very overwhelming for me because it's just so many things. Holy crap, look at this whole new software. But once I started getting good at it, then I'm like, it went from overwhelm to like, wow, I can do literally all these cool things with the software. And that's like, that's why I started loving automation roles because the power is in your hands. You can literally send the most personalized segmented lead nurture workflow strategy to a lead to optimize for that conversion uh and it all matters about how creative you go about you go about it so that's my nerdy passion about hubspot yeah yeah got it got it uh okay let's talk about body message uh can you tell uh, from your experience uh how to uh write awesome body message uh what to use there uh and because we live in the world uh, with personalization if we can't personalize the experience it's hard to get results and uh, uh, i think uh, we need to increase ctr yeah from emails mm -hmm. because uh, it's hard to get results can you tell from your experience uh, uh what to do and uh, how to yeah to personalize messages yeah for sure for sure uh so that's my favorite part of your marketing right uh my 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 nerdy obsession is copywriting i love writing emails that's the, that's the, i get a kick out of it and i found that uh there's a bunch of rule of thumbs you want to go by if you want to craft an email that people actually want to read all the way to the end and be like wow this is amazing i want to click that button uh, uh and I'll, I'll break it break them down for you first a big problem i notice is a lot of people send emails without 
it comes from a we language rather than a me you language. When you're writing email copy, you want to write towards one single reader. And it's ideally wants you need to make sure the dialogue is more like I'm talking to you. So instead of saying things like we as an corporation trust all these clients, blah, 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 right? It's just boring, right? But if you say like, Hi, Anthony, it's really good to meet you. I saw that you looked at this product earlier and I was wondering if you're interested in blah, blah, blah. So you notice how there's like a IU kind of uh, single reader focus compared to like a general we statement type of thing. That's the first rule you want to go by when it comes to writing effective emails. Uh, for example, in my last workplace, we ran a webinar. And I was in charge of like the email nurture sequence to get people to sign up and everything. And instead of sending an email from our company, which would have been an email being like, we are having this gracious webinar, please attend this, we are blah, 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 right? Instead, I made the emails come as if it's coming from our speaker of the presentation. So instead of saying like broad, general, corporate, boring lingo, I, I customized the, like, the messaging to make it sound like, hi, Joanne, Sarah here. We talked earlier during a sales call and everything. Um, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I'm personally hosting called XYZ. Would you be interested? Here's a button to register. Now, what's crazy about that approach was that Sarah started getting email like replies back being like, oh my God, thank you so much for thinking about me, Sarah. I really appreciate this. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to be there. Now, if we sent that from a company, like a, like a, literally a logo, it, it probably wouldn't have hit so like humanly and in, inertly as, as much as it did, right? So so that's the key, like make sure you're addressing one single reader, use I, you, me language. And ideally, you know, when it comes to the body of the email, don't write big chunky paragraphs. I remember I was working in an agency. One of our clients was like this big industrial shipping client. And I was looking through the email contact that base and their previous emails. And man, like I've opened one of the emails and it's just like, it, you know, in, you know, in high school, you're supposed to write essays and it's like these big chunky paragraphs. And it's just like, I don't want to freaking read this. I opened that email and I got a headache right away or something of that nature. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't, I didn't even want to read it. Now, let alone a customer receiving that, would they want to read it, right? So I told them in the call, I was like in a call with a bunch of their board and everything uh, or like the CEOs or whatever. And I'm like, hey, listen, like instead of writing this, write this. And I basically reworded everything, that big chunky paragraph into three simple lines. And then they were like, what? Oh my God, this makes sense. Let's do this, right? And it's just a simple tweak in messaging. You know, you don't sound corporate professional like an expert. Instead, like you want to sound like you're explaining things uh, to a five-year-old in very easy to understand language, ideally not big chunky paragraphs. Uh, I would say start there if you want to increase your email conversion rates and everything. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> you're ready for that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you unhided uh, a few of my loving strategies to write for a person, not for a crowd. And uh, yeah, to have a friendly tone when you write something, uh, use a lot of you and I uh, and yeah, to talk to uh, one person in friendly tone. And, you know, uh, I remember one uh, quote from Mark Twain. Uh, he said, uh, I have no time to write short email, uh, short mail. That's why I, I will write uh, uh, long one. Uh, but you know, Mark Twain uh, lived in the world when we he didn't have emails, and today we have no choice. We need to write short emails because you know uh, I often get these emails uh, with a lot of text. When I open them, I 
I skip it because I have no time. I'm busy now to analyze what people are talking about. Can you tell how to uh, uh, write uh, short emails uh, and uh, yeah, to uh, to go straight for to the point or something like this? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I want to touch on something on this topic actually. Yeah, I read this quote, so I was doing a lot of research. Are long form emails better than short form emails? And no, I no, no. Uh, he, he, he said, uh, I have no time to write yeah. short uh, uh, letter. That's why I wrote a long letter. Yeah. No, yeah, that means it's much uh, simpler to write long ones. Uh, from my experience as well, you know, uh, when I started to write, I usually uh, I have a lot of thoughts. I, I wanna uh, write everything. But you know, uh, if we consider recipients, they have uh, they, they like to read short emails because they are busy, you know. And you need to highlight only important uh, points. You, you can find online uh, this quote from Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, uh, today we have another. Uh, we don't have another choice. Yeah. Just uh, we need to be concise. Uh, can you tell more uh, how to uh, choose uh, what to leave and what to cut from your email? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I want to touch a couple things, and but to answer your question first, what do you include and what do you not include? I think it really depends on your strategy. So if you're promoting, let's say, a landing page, you're trying to drive traffic to a landing page. You know, if your landing page has the case studies, testimonials, has the benefit statements, and has a list of all the things that like they'll learn in the course or whatever you're trying to sell, um, you know, you don't need to go too granular and detailed in your actual email. Maybe you can highlight one, the, one or two benefits, or maybe you can lead by a case study and just tell them. Click this link to learn more or something like that, right? They go to the landing page. So it really depends on like where that email stands in your overall strategy of, of like promoting something or launching something, right? Um, and also I find like, especially during like, like you know how sales happen, but there's like timers on it, like a course sale, last day, last one hour left of the sale and everything. When you're promoting emails on that specific time, you want to make sure it's like almost nothing is in the email, like literally maybe two lines. Hey, 10 minutes left, click here now to buy it. And that, that's it, right? Because at that point, they're like, they've got all the emails. They received so many emails. They know exactly what you have to offer. Now you're trying to like act on their urgency and get, make them feel urgent about it. So that's when you want to include, uh, include the least amount of text in the email. Now, given what I just said, it's interesting. I, I, I was looking into, um, out of curiosity, like long form emails versus short form emails, which is more effective. And one copywriter, his name is Neville Madura. I like, uh, I really admire this guy. Maybe you've heard of him too. He said, uh, keep in mind, there's a lot of debate between long form emails and short form emails. But remember, people still sit down to read books. And I'm like, Oh, that is so true. Like I even yesterday, I just literally sat for three hours reading a book. So what does that say about email opens and everything, right? So I, I looked into another copywriter, long form emails versus short form emails, and they're copywriters, right? They they probably know this stuff. And they're like, it's not a matter of if it's short or long, it's as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's fascinating, right? Because we want to optimize for short, but sometimes we need to give them the right amount of context in the email so they actually convert. And when I heard it needs to be as long as it needs to be to make the conversion, it completely changed my mind. And given the fact that, you know, people read books, like people will sit and read books and stuff and we make blogs and people will read blogs. 
it just made me rethink a lot of like, you know, the typical short attention man customer who's on TikTok scrolling, 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 and made me think like, okay, if I'm going to write a more longer form email, I need to make sure every word, every sentence in it, like appeals to them. So they're hooked and every line has an intention behind it instead of just some fluffy random stuff that'll bore the hell out of people. So for my emails, newsletters, they're actually more long form. I, I'd prefer writing long form, but when I write them, I make sure, you know, they're nice space style. I use bullet points, a lot of pictures. Um, I use like a lot of like bold elements and a lot of big letters and all that, just so I keep the attention span. It is more long form, but these little tricks I use to keep, to keep someone's attention throughout it, I find that also works the best for me. So I know this the typical thing is to say short form content always because short attention span. But lately I've been kind of a little critical about that thought, the, that way of thinking. Right. So uh, that's kind of my two cents on the topic. Uh, you know, uh, I agree with you about, uh, uh, it works for you, you know, <laughs> because we have the average data. For example, when uh, I analyze how to grow on LinkedIn, I got it that, uh, many techniques don't work for me. You know, because it's not my uh, strong side. Uh, and if you can write the text that people want to read from the start to the finish, yeah, it's art. Yeah. For example, Josh Sugarman, uh, one of the best uh, book authors, proclaimed uh, you need to write uh, to keep attention, uh, to start yeah. from the first sentence and uh, to retain uh, readers uh, when they read the whole text. If you can write long email and uh to get this attention yeah it's art yeah, yeah. I, uh, but, uh, and uh, you know uh, uh, according to your point that people uh, are reading books uh, but you know uh, i think um, it's controversial because uh, we have different mindsets uh, and uh, for example uh, according to a few uh, studies uh, people have uh, 14 or 15 seconds, I don't remember exactly the number, uh, to uh, read one email because we get a lot of emails every day. We have no time to read them. And uh, uh, when uh, I open my email list, when I, uh, when I open my emails, I can check out, oh, oh my God, uh, uh, I have 50 emails. I need to choose what I will read because, uh, yeah, a lack of time. Uh, and uh, when I can see uh, emails from strangers, uh, people I don't know, if I see long mm. ones, no way. <laughs> yeah, that means, you, mm. can you tell how do you uh, improve your skills to write long emails that uh, work for you? Uh, yeah. Just share the way, because I think uh, our audience... Yeah, they are interested to learn how to improve the skills. Yeah, how to improve copywriting skills, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I love copywriting. I can talk about hours. So I'm glad you asked me this. Uh, well, first thing, I've taken a number of courses on copywriting, so I started mm -hmm. learning a lot of the psychology, psychological tricks behind writing good copy and everything. So that's step one. But I became, in my opinion, really good at it because uh, back then I had a career coaching business, right? And because I had to... I had to sell products and services because the pressure on me was there to sell and, and everything. I naturally had to keep practicing the skill of copywriting to sell these products and services, meaning I had a thing that I, was, I could actually practice the skill on. And because of that, I would constantly be writing emails, writing emails, writing emails, getting feedback from copywriters, watching another copywriting blog, 
or a copywriting video, reading another copywriting blog. Oh, I can use this next time, this next time. And I went and actually practiced and wrote it out. And as I kept writing more and more and more and more and more, I started getting a feel for my tone, my language. It started becoming second nature. Like, for example, uh, if I, you know, if, if an email, I need to add a scarcity element, I can do like an if-then statement, boom, like it's nothing. Before you'd be like, oh my God, what do I write? What do I write? And it's through repetition and constantly having something to sell whether that is like a free product or a product or like a blog that I need to get people to click on. Um, I just kept doing it and doing it. And because I kept doing it, I got much, much better at it. Right. So um, I know like I made a LinkedIn post about this and I, I said in that LinkedIn post, in my opinion, the number one skill any marketer can learn is copywriting because no matter how much time or money you put into driving traffic towards a landing page or an email or whatever, if it doesn't say the right things, it's gonna, it's not going to convert, and you're gonna end up wasting time and money. Um, so that's that's my thinking when it comes to copywriting. If you want to get started copywriting, I can share with you some blogs that I've used personally. Very fun, easy to read blogs that you can use to get started. Feel free to message me on LinkedIn, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's essentially it. Courses, constantly practicing and having something to practice on. That that's essentially the key. Yeah, constantly practicing, you know, I couldn't agree more with that uh, because uh, even Jack London wrote uh, on his books uh, that great offers uh, write plus thousand words a day, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. by the way, today it's much simpler to count how many words you write than yeah. <laughs> 100 years ago, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah uh, it's hard to imagine how he, he counted them without any tools, uh, yeah, <laughs> just using paper and pen, but he did One, it. One, two, uh, three, four, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today you can open Google Docs, Microsoft, anything, you know, and yeah, just uh, for a few seconds to know. Right. Uh, they lived in. I can't imagine living there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, practice makes miracle. Uh, agree with that. Okay, uh, can you tell um, uh, more uh, how to start learning about email marketing? Uh, where people need to pay more attention to courses, uh, to blog posts, uh, to audio podcasts? Uh, because uh, from my experience, I use uh, almost everything, uh, but I have my favorite channels. Uh, for example, I love reading blog posts more. I love uh, reading uh, digital marketing books. Uh, I'm not a big fan of video content because it takes time. You know, when I, I'm reading, I can uh, skip something, you know, just scan content with video marketing. It's hard, you know, you need to watch this video to see it like this. Uh, I, I love listening podcast because um, uh, uh, I can uh, walk with my dogs. I can uh, drive to some any places to exercise. And yeah, I can listen to audio podcast. Share your loving way to learn uh, more about uh, email marketing. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I felt the same way about books compared to like videos. Like, um, so very much like you, uh, in terms of learning email marketing and like a mix of copywriting, uh, there's two specific blogs I started with and I branched out to other blogs. First blog is called Copy Hackers. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, that's one blog I use. Another blog I use is also called uh, Copywriting Course. Again, I feel free to message me on LinkedIn. I can send you links to all this. That's where I started to learn like the basics, basics of like, what the hell is email marketing? How do you even go about it? How to build these funnels and all these things. Um, and the way I like to learn, I'm very much like you. Sometimes if I watch a video, it feels too, too mindless. Like I'm just kind of looking and my, my mind will space out. 
But what I like about blogs is that it, it forces me to pay attention and I have to like actually read it. And I like to take notes. I actually have this notebook over here and this is gonna sound really cheesy. You're gonna think I'm weird, but uh, this notebook over here, I call it my marketing Bible. Anytime I read a blog, learn something, or I wanna swipe a piece of content from something, I write it in, in, in this thing. So I always have something to write on, something to take notes on because I'm constantly learning. Right. So for me, the way I like to process and learn it works for me is um, reading blogs while taking notes. It almost feels like I'm in school again. And because it feels like I'm in school again, I feel like I'm studying rather than just casually, passively watching a video, if that makes sense. Uh, the other day, um, uh, there's this demand curve. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with them. They have all these blogs on like growth marketing. And I was like, oh my God, this is genius stuff. So I actually spent a couple hours, opened their blog up, got my notebook out, and then just started reading as if I'm a student, like just understanding the psychology of how they process marketing. And I find this helps to keep things in my subconscious rather than passively watching a Neil Patel video on YouTube. And hopefully I remember something, right? Um, so that's how I started learning more about, you know, marketing through blogs, specifically those two blogs. Um, obviously, the, you know, ConvertKit has a lot of great blogs. MailChimp has great blogs. Literally, email service providers has great blogs around email marketing that you can also go to. So... Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I think, um, uh, yeah, uh, everyone can choose their ways. I, I know that video content mm -hmm. is popular. And yeah, I don't want to criticize their ways. But uh, uh, from my experience, uh, yeah, it takes more time. And for this uh, time, I can learn a lot more from <laughs> reading blogs, you know. Yeah, uh, I wonder yes. about that. And uh, yeah, I love your strategy because Bill Gates you, uses the same strategy when he reads books. He makes notes. Uh, and mm. yeah, uh, uh, people can forget a lot of new skills for a few weeks you know if you uh yeah if you know them you can re re remind i don't know uh, for example i usually uh, share on social media if i've learned something new i can share and i can help others and uh, it helps me to memorize all the skills mm. yeah. yeah is there a quote like the best way to learn something is to teach it and then yeah. it sticks right and that's how i almost see content i learn something and try something new process it in my mind and then write about it as a post and now it sticks. So it's not just content, it's actually like studying. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, uh, a lot, Ali, for your time. You know, it's a big pleasure. I've learned something. I'm going to use it. I'll tell my team to listen to this episode and <laughs> provide some insights. Uh, yeah, especially about body message and to test uh, headlines. Yeah, to write like in friendly manner. Yeah, I'm going to use it. Yeah, uh, definitely I need to test it out. Okay. Uh, tell our uh, listeners how they can find you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on LinkedIn, Alif Huck. You can see my name right here. So you should feel free to use that. I have a YouTube channel I share marketing content on. Same thing, Alif Huck. So feel free to search that. And uh, subscribe to my newsletter because we talk about email marketing. And link, link to it in my future section on my LinkedIn profile. So thanks again for having me on, Anatoly. And I keep messing up your name. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Uh, yeah, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Google's, Apple, Spotify. Thanks a lot for your time. It's a big pleasure. A lot of value. Yeah, you you know your stuff. And yeah, you, <laughs> uh, even, you know, uh, I, I'm not a big specialist with email marketing but uh, i think i have some experience and i never uh, knew about uh, writing 
uh, headlines in a friendly manner. I never thought about this. Yeah, I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm glad you got value of it. That's 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 good. I was kind of nervous going into this. I'm like, okay, what do I even talk about? Because you're a professional marketer yourself. So I'm like, what can I share that he doesn't know and everything? But I'm glad you at least got some value of it. So I appreciate uh, it. From my experience, um, it's impossible to know everything. Jack of all trades, master of none. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I pay a lot more attention with SEO. You know uh, a lot more about email marketing. That's why I love learning from uh, people like you. <laughs> okay, thanks guys for uh, watching and listening us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.